there's so many things to take away positive from last Saturday's win against Arkansas. And one of the main ones is we should all feel a lot better about Jalen Milrow going forward. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Just feeling better about Jalen Melrow. Just sitting here feeling better about Melrow. I'm just sitting here feeling better about Jalen Milrow. That's a new song. Um, yeah, this is going to be a Jalen Milrow segment. because that was a banger. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I do feel a lot better about him. The more I think about it, and I've, I've re-watched uh, the game a couple of times now. And, you know, yes, he underthrew Jermaine Burton on that deep pass. It should have been a touchdown. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But – You'll get that. You'll get that. I mean, shoot, Bryce has been missing deep. It's okay if Jalen Milrow misses once deep. But I'll tell you what I'm most excited about, Jimmy. Do you remember the Texas game? We put in Roydale Williams with Bryce Young. We're complaining. Like, first of all, okay, if you want to use Roydale, that's fine. But maybe use, use him in a Wildcat. Well, maybe he's not ready to take the Wildcat snap or whatever. And we talked about how great it would be to have a Mark Ingram type, to have a uh, Trent Richardson, to have a Derrick Henry, somebody who can take a wildcat and go you know, straight up the middle. Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry is a bad example. Um, but now, see, I feel a lot better if Jalen Milrow had to go in a game like that. He's been in a pressure situation because a lot of people brought up Jalen Milrow in that situation. Right. Here's the deal. At the time, he hadn't played any minutes that mattered anything. Now he has. He's played some significant time in a moment where things were getting a little bit hairy and he's already made a huge monster play. So the confidence is there now and you got to feel like, okay, if we had to put him in and it's fourth and inches and we're like, Hey, let's, let's put, you know, it would be great if we had a quarterback who was six, two ish, two forty ish, who was strong and who was fast. Wouldn't that be sweet? Well, we got one. I think this is an excellent point. Uh, you know, I, I really thought there were times last year I would have liked to have seen Milrow in some sort of a package. I, I really liked that, that we, we might could have found like a change up, something something that forced the defense to prepare for something a little different. And, and I thought there were times last year, particularly down the stretch when we started losing dudes, uh, I thought it would be an additional weapon uh, that was sort of unused. But the comeback to that, and the reason why we didn't, is because of Milrow's complete lack of experience. Now that he's been thrown into the deep end, it's hard to get more flash experience than he got this weekend, where you're on the road, you're playing against a good team, it's a hostile environment, the game's not even going great at one point, 28-23 in the third quarter, they'd scored 23 unanswered. Milrow is now, to some extent, uh, an experienced player that handled it. So I would think, Luke, uh, that's an excellent point. Maybe going forward, Bryce is back. Bryce is the full-time quarterback. And every now and then, you know, we had sort of struggled in short yardage. We sort of struggled with it. Maybe now we have some confidence that, hey, Milrow can handle that for sure. Um, 
and it would be nice to continue to get him some level of snaps. And, and again, I'm not trying to say he needs a leg up on Ty Simpson going into next year, uh, but it would be nice if one of them at least uh, had a little bit of experience out there. And he also, he just looks so cool. I mean, no wristbands, no gloves, no uh, those little bands that some people put on their arms right here. He just, he, he, he just looks like an old school badass quarterback. Man, I've seen it. that. I've seen that 77 yard run a few times now. He is trucking. I <laughs> mean, he is fast. trucking. He is fast as heck. That, that DB did a good job of catching him, but that DB had an angle. He had an angle, or it never would have happened. He, he just happened to come at the right angle, timed it well, and, and got him inside the five. Jalen Miller is inches from scoring anyway. That that's an SEC defensive back with a good angle, and Milrow was inches away from beating him in the end zone anyway. And that's after the seventy-seven yard run. Uh, I would imagine the fastest forty, the fastest forty yards that he ran of that seventy-seven. He was freaking moving, man. Well, um, speaking of that, Jameer Gibbs had the fastest, was timed the fastest runner uh, this weekend, including the NFL. So, um, what a that's weird. that's really hard to believe because I, I, Gibbs is not considered one of the three or four fastest players on Alabama's roster in a, in a forty yard. I happen to guess, I think because of the game situation and and and, and the. Hey, I'm finally making a big – I wonder if Gibbs had a little superhuman strength there on that run. I, I think that's faster than maybe Gibbs is, if that makes sense. It is. And, you know, I wonder when you're judging speed like this with guys, okay, Gibbs may not be as fast as somebody – I mean, let's pick somebody, Christian Leary or whatever. Um, if they're both in track suits or track one pieces or whatever they wear and – um and they're going on the track, but in football gear, maybe because he's stronger, maybe, I don't know. Um, but anyway, my point there is, so next year is going to be, I mean, if this year, if last year was a rebuilding year, I would say next year certainly will be. We won't have Bryce Young. We won't have Jameer Gibbs, you would think. Um, obviously, Jermaine Burton should be gone as well. Toa Toa, Will Anderson. You know, we're going to be missing a bunch of dudes. So now I've, you know, and I've been worried. I mean, like, oh my God, and we're going to be starting this new quarterback that's probably going to not, not have a lot of great experience. Shoot, I feel so much better about the quarterback just from the little bit I saw in the Arkansas game because of the way he handled himself. It doesn't mean I think he's going to win the Heisman, it doesn't mean any of that. It just means I feel better. That's all I'm saying. Now, I do want to ask you this as a guy who judges quarterbacks all the time with uh, QB Country, what do you think Milrose pro potential is? Is there a pro potential there? Uh, definitely there is just simply because there's a certain level of athleticism and a certain level of arm strength that you need to play at that level. I mean, kind of like the minimum requirements. And I think Milrow easily fulfills all the minimum requirements. But just for myself, not speaking for QB country, for myself, I think if you want to play in the National Football League, uh, you have to show that you either can or soon will be able to consistently throw the ball downfield, fitting the ball into tight windows. It's the hardest thing for an NFL quarterback to do. 
but I think even in today's game, it is still a requirement. Uh, Jalen Milrow is not there. Uh, he needs to get there. He may need to spend more time in college. Let's remember Jalen Hurts, who's one of the great quarterback development stories in Alabama history. It took Jalen Hurts the full four years, basically, of starting. I mean, now he didn't start his whole junior year at Alabama, but Jalen Hurts was a highly experienced four-year player. Uh, I think with Milrow, it may take that, that length of time because he's got to improve in that area. And to me, it's sort of like, hey, if you can't do this, then you can't play in that league. And again, it's throwing throwing the ball downfield into a tight window. Uh, is he capable of getting there? Absolutely, 100%. That's what people don't see. He is still a potential player. He's still a, wow, this guy can be really good. He's just not there yet as a passer. Uh, I would also like to see him develop more touch on the easier, shorter throws, particularly the screen throws to the backs. Uh, he did have one really good screen play to Gibbs. Uh, that he, he had to whip it out there sidearm with a lot of velocity, which, of course, he's really good at. But uh, I think all the potential is there. I just equate Jalen Milrow. I sort of see him. You know, he's in year two at Alabama and didn't get to play in year one. To me, he's sort of right now a mixture of uh, somewhere between Jalen Hurts year one and Jalen Hurts year two. And I don't think it was apparent to anybody that Jalen Hurts would play in the NFL until year four. Uh, and, and I think with Milrow, it's going to be somewhat similar. Jimmy, we have a new partner. That's Nissan. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network, and it's titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from Alabama's weekend or from some time in the past throughout the history uh, of Alabama football. This week's thrilling moment, and I get to choose it because it's the first one, is going to be Sean Alexander, 1996, LSU, because that's the last time before this past weekend that I remember an Alabama running back having two 70-yard touchdown runs in the same game. Sean Alexander did it against uh, LSU. That was his coming out party. He ended up with like 290 yards, something like that, four touchdowns. Um, he had two huge runs in that game. Alabama shut out LSU, if I remember correctly, 26 to nothing that game. And, um, man, that was so much fun. I remember exactly where I was. I wasn't at that game. I've been to a lot of Alabama LSU games, but I wasn't at that one. But, man, I remember that so well because of what's even funnier, that particular game, um, Jerry DiNardo was the coach. LSU goes down and scores. They hit the tight end for a touchdown on their first drive, but it's called back, I think, due to holding, and they end up getting shut out. <laughs> they end up not scoring. They scored on their first drive. It's called back due to penalty, and they don't score the rest of the game. <laughs> so, uh, but do you remember a time when uh, an Alabama player had two 70 yard touchdown runs in the game besides those two moments? Uh, I'm not as good as remembering that stuff as I once did, but I think that's a great, great uh, recall. Uh, I do remember that game extremely well. I think Sean Rush for 294, 292, 294, 296. I want to say 292. Uh, that sounds 292. right. Okay. Um, I, I remember that really well. A red shirt freshman running back that had not been getting the ball and then sort of took the ball. And that was that, uh, boy, that, that's a heck of a game. And in a different era of offensive football too, uh, one heck of a Nissan thrilling moment for sure. I, I remember both runs 
really well. And what I remember uh, a little different is, is we had just lost to Mississippi State, I believe. I think we had just lost uh, a game. Or no, no. Or did we lose the next week? Might have lost the next week. It's hard to remember. To Mississippi State. I think we lost the next week, even though Sean had another big run in that game. Uh, that year didn't go super great. Uh, I think Alabama finished 10-3. and three, uh, And – uh, and in the Stallings era, the Alabama teams have been very good. I remember going into that LSU game kind of down about, gosh, this is the second year in a row. We've lost three games or or, or, or the team isn't nationally elite. And uh, I was a little down. And then Sean was like, he was a burst of adrenaline and a burst of fun at a time I think we uh, really needed it. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be that Sean Alexander moment. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today, available at NissanUSA.com. Also want to tell everybody about Alumni Hall. I'm looking at their website right now. They got all this retro stuff. I'm big into retro stuff. Love it. Yep. They, they got gifts and accessories. They got uh, men, women, kids, hats, player apparel. They've got an Alabama NIL shop at Alumni Hall. You want to go to alumnihall.com backslash Alabama or just Google Alumni Hall Alabama and you'll be able to find everything you need there at Alumni Hall. I'm telling you, you're gonna love it. They got polos, they got uh, whatever you want. They got, they can ship it to you. You can go to the site, the uh, store in Tuscaloosa. They got these vintage hats that are so cool. I love them all. They got the old school logo that I'm just enamored with. The A with the elephant coming out of it. That's the one I like. But they, if you like some of these other logos, you like the script A with the mullet on it, go get it at Alumni Hall. You can do it all at Alumni Hall. All right, Jimmy, let's talk um, really quickly. <clears throat> this will be a quick segment because I want to save some of the visitors for this weekend for the last segment. Um, lingering effects of the Bama-Jimbo feud uh, for this game coming up. I mean, look, I, I was on a rec TV show in Montgomery this morning, and he, he, they were talking about it. And I said, you know, look, let's be honest. Alabama's a 23-and-a-half-point favorite in this game for a reason. A&M uh, has lost one of its best players, uh, if not their best player. Um, and it feels like Alabama's going to run roughshod over the Aggies, right? Even the Aggies, only if you go to their message board, they are already resigned to the loss. Well, and as I get a phone call, Jimbo, again, that's I Jimbo. can't say enough how Jimbo many times I say. I not appreciate the we've already lost the game comment whatsoever. That's him on the phone calling you a narcissist. He is probably calling me a narcissist right now, but that's okay. Um, I'm trying to mute it as best I can so people don't have to hear that annoying ring. There we go. But um, I'm so sorry, everybody. But that's what happens when you do this in your office. So um, I, I was talking to them about this game. And yeah, Alabama should beat the Dickens because I'm trying to clean up my language out of A&M this weekend. But, uh, you know, I said one thing that will get the crowd into it is because Jimbo – and, and Saban had this thing. And I said, usually Alabama crowds right now, we, we show up to most games sort of prepared to beat the heck out of whoever. 
And I feel like this one's going to have a different feel to it. Every now and again, we'll have a, you know, LSU 2019 moment where the crowd's really into it or Georgia 2020, even though that crowd was uh, sparse because of COVID, the crowd was still good enough for COVID times. But it's hard for us to have like a real raucous bright Denny Stadium because every time somebody comes in, I mean, it's like we're supposed to beat them. Well, I think Jimbo is going to have us fired up. Do you agree? Yeah, I do think it's going to be a louder crowd. I think it's going to be a more intense crowd. I think this game is going to have a big game feel to it. And it's not like it's not a big game. All the games are big, especially all the SEC games. But what I think here is when you consider that A&M is not ranked, deservedly so, they're three and two and could easily be one and four. I mean, that's how bad this is. That The two of the games that they've won, Miami and uh, Arkansas, they were extremely fortunate to beat Arkansas and frankly should not have beaten Arkansas. Arkansas lost the game for five reasons, but but even on a, do- a doink at the end and it hit the top of the goalpost, that, that sh- could have, should have been a loss. Miami, they just did not play well. They were very fortunate to beat a Miami team that, that would j- get drilled by Middle Tennessee. Uh, and then offensively, they're they're terrible. Uh, shout out to uh, SEC Network. I forget the guy's name. It's very funny. I hate that I'm forgetting his name because it was funny. But he called uh, Texas A&M Iowa with five stars. And I thought that, that was kind of brutal, but it was funny. That's hard to beat. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, but so you factor all that in and see that Alabama's a 23-point favorite, Luke, and it's like, how is this a big game? But it will have a big game feel to it because of what happened in May. Uh, the fans won't forget. The team won't forget. I don't think Saban's going to forget. And I'm not going to say Alabama's going to run it up. I think that's real dangerous to say. I think what Alabama needs to focus on is winning the game, even by a half point if necessary. Um, you have to win this game and, and and not focus on, ooh, let's run up the score because you know we'll have the chance. I, 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 I do think Alabama's – my prediction's going to be pretty big in favor of Alabama. But – uh, I think it's an interesting talking point that should Alabama get the chance, are they going to punch it in in the waning moments or are they going to take knees? I'm going to go with uh, they're going to punch it in. Jimmy, I need to tell everybody about betonline.net. It's your number one source for all things football when it comes to betting. Find all the latest player developments, teams, matchup, news, podcast, in-depth articles and analysis from every game out there. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information and live betting up to minute scores for every single spoke there is. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf. Head to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, Jimmy, let's talk about some of these folks coming in to Tuscaloosa this weekend. Here are the official visitors. That's where we'll start. I might sneak in a couple of unofficial visitors because they're fun. And and I'm going to tell you, one Jimbo's day, pissed. Jimbo's pissed. Jim, <laughs> he won't quit calling me. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like, Luke Robinson said I quit. Nick says I buy all my players. He ain't letting this go. He's calling you to invite you to the next press conference. The Luke Robinson is a narcissist press conference. <laughs> all right. Hopefully that's going to be it. Here we go. Official visitors, Keon Keeley, 
headed to Alabama. Deuce Robinson? Not by, not Alabama. But, God, I wish he was. That would be nice. I'd say no. Also, no relation to me. Uh, Cormani McLean? Alabama. Eli Holstein, Miles McVeigh, and Raymond uh, Polito. Polito? Polito, they're already all committed. Now, I was going to – boy, that went quicker than I thought because those are the only official visitors. But I want to ask you about some of the unofficials. Sure. Kelby Collins, Florida commitment Kelby Collins. You know, I'm glad he's coming. But I, I, when you add in that Alabama's still on Davin Hobbs, um, they're, they're still in on, you know, some other big-time defensive linemen, you know, I, I would love Kelby Collins because he's from the state of Alabama. I think he's a really good player. But I think the sting of losing him to Florida has worn off a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel. Uh, I should – I want whatever Nick wants. <laughs> that's that's always the smart thing, right? I want whatever Nick wants. And I, Coach Saban's been around this so long. He's not – and see, this is why f- most fans, including myself, I'm not taking a shot at anybody. I'm I'm headlining this myself and talking about what a terrible coach I'd be. I couldn't help but be a little vindictive. And that's just the absolute worst thing to be as a recruiter or as a head coach is hold something against a 17-year-old for this, that, or the other. But I, I just naturally do. That's a real shortcoming, and it's reason number 4,800 why I couldn't be a head football coach. Coach Saban is not vindictive. He wants what's best for Alabama. That 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 may include Kelby Collins. Yeah, we'll see. Um, boy, again, I'm I'm pro Kelby Collins because he is he is from the state. I would love to have uh, you know really have a lot of players from this banner year in state. But man, I love Davin Hobbs. I really do. I do um, too. He got an Ohio State offer this week. I've loved Hobbs a lot. I'm almost like. Not mad, but I'm I'm proud of my my own company on three sports I work for as being the first to to call him a five star and the first to 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 sound the horn about this kid is something, and I'm glad. But on the other hand, I sort of wish he was a three star that nobody knew about, but North Carolina and Alabama. Now now the kid's picking up an Ohio State offer, and he's now maybe the most highly recruited defensive lineman in the country, along with James Smith and and some others. Uh, I, I like Hobbs. I think we got a real good chance, but uh, we're having to beat all the big boys now. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for today's podcast before I get another phone call. So we will uh, be back tomorrow to talk all things Alabama here on Locked on Bama. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.